This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. It's great to be here um, in the house of the Lord. Um, it's just such an honor. I just want to, I don't want to continue speaking without giving honor where honors due. So um, Pastor Oshis, I just want to honor him for uh, entrusting me today to speak to you all and uh, just, just speak on what the Lord's put on my heart. Um, for new faces around here, um, my name is Alex. I get the honor and privilege of serving here as the worship pastor and creative arts pastor. Um, and I, I love what I do, and I love getting to serve the Lord, especially in a place so uh, amazing, filled with so many great and, and wonderful servant leaders that I get to serve with um, and, and staff that I get to serve alongside with. Um, today, I, 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 I want to speak on, on, on the character of love. Um, and it's, it's such a vague topic for a, a lot of the time. Um, see, I was... Uh, I, I grew up as a pastor's kid. My dad was a pastor, and I always, I always would go into church, and it would be, man, it'd be so boring to me. <laughs> is being is going to church every Sunday, and and he would have me just play a little tunes on the keyboard, and it was just every Sunday I would go early, uh, practice whatever melody I was going to be doing, um, and then we would we do the little service, and then afterwards I'd have to stay, because, you know, if you're a pastor's kid, you have to stay very long after service. You're, man, <laughs> and everyone's just talking, and, and, and it got so boring to me. It got so mundane, and, and I didn't understand the importance of church. I didn't understand the importance of, of ministering, of, of, of ministry. I didn't grasp that. I, of course, I was a, a lot younger than I am now, um, and, you know, then you go into Wednesday services, and, oh, man, I was really looking forward to staying in bed this Wednesday. Oh, yeah, mom, I got so much homework and I'm like in fifth grade. Uh, but no, it was, it was so much. It was so much of just going to church and I didn't understand, man, why do I have to keep coming to church? And my only why was because my dad was a pastor. My only why was because, oh, it's just what we've always done. That was my only why that I had a reference to. Um, and I got, and I, I believe I, as well as so many of us, have gotten into a place where, man, we've gotten so bored of church that we've missed God. We've missed God in the midst of, in, in the midst of it. Um, why? Why have we missed God? We go to church every day. We're entering the presence of God every week. Uh, for some, it's, it's twice a week. For some, it's, it's, it's once a week in, in, in a corporate setting. Maybe you go into uh, another worship night or another church, but we're entering the presence of God, and yet sometimes we still miss God. Why? And I it is because we have not truly had a true, authentic encounter with the love of God. You see, the love of God is something that pulls us in. It draws you in, and it, and it brings you closer to him. And, and, and we have, and some of us have not had that true, deep encounter with the love of God. And, you know, we sing so many songs, and, and, and we see so many scripture. We see it on T-shirts, on Facebook, and social, other social media posts. Uh, maybe other preachers have, 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 have you know, we, we see it on YouTube. And it's become such a just general, vague topic that we have lost our grasp of what love is and what the love God truly is and what it does in our lives. So how does the Bible define love? Well, we know from 1 John uh, chapter 16, it, go, uh, it goes on to say that God is love. Oh yeah, well, we've heard, we've heard that. God is love. Simple enough. 
God is, okay, well, what, is, what does that mean? You know, we, we go into verse 10. It says, in this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. These are things that, that, that the Bible says about love. And, and, and you know, we see in, in, in other scripture where, where we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God. But did you know that you can't love God? You can only love God back. I'll say that again. You can't love God. You can only love him back. Because according to John, 1 John chapter 10, it's not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. It's not that we have loved God. It's that God loved us. I, I, I want to help someone out here. I want to reframe this wording a little bit. The, the fact that you have the capacity to love God is the evidence that you are already loved by God. You know, we, we, we go to, and I don't have a scripture slide for this, but, you know, we, we hear this. It's, it's what I like to call the standard of love of in the Bible, and it's in First, uh, first Corinthians. If you want to flip to it over to, uh, with me, you, you're welcome to. Um, it won't be on the screen because I want to encourage everyone to, to, to uh, uh, you know, open their Bible apps or if you have a physical Bible um, it's, it's in 1 John chapter 13, and we've heard this so many times, um, and I just want to read it for the sake of the word today, for the sake of what we're talking about today. Um, it's 1 Corinthians, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 4, chapter, chapter 13, verse 4, I'm sorry, and it says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist in its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And in, in, in verse 8, it says, love never ends. Father God, would you enter this room? And we know you're already here, God, but would you, would you seep through hearts? Would you seep through these walls and just drench this place in your love and your blood, God? We're here for you and only you, God, for your heart, Jesus. Reveal your heart. Reveal your face in this, in this moment. We pray this in your matchless, beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. You know, so here in 1 in Corinthians we have what I, what I call, and I'll say again, this is the standard of love. And I've heard it say that, oh, man, if you really want to know if you're, if you're, you're a significant other, oh, if they're really for you, you know, you, you replace the word love with their name, you know, and you say, oh, my wife or my husband is patient, my wife is kind, my wife, and, you know, we go through all these things. And so that's why it's, it's, it's more of the standard of, of love. And, but like I was saying is that we have made ourselves such a, we, how should I say this? We have diminished the word love to just a category of what God can give or what God is. And, and the word says that we've already read God is love. But if how can, so the big picture and the big question is how can we understand love not from here but from here? 
How can we move that knowledge from our head knowledge to, oh, it's in us. We know. How can we truly understand? You may be asking, like, Alex, how, how can I truly understand? How do I get out of this concept of it's just a vague topic? Like, I, I don't know what else. And we have so many de definitions for love. But you may be asking, like, how can I get that? Well, the first thing to know and, and the most important thing to know is in order for love to be understood, is that it has to first be received and experienced. Received and experienced. And if you're taking notes, I would love for you to, to, to write that down. I know that note takers are history makers. We wouldn't even have the Bible if people wouldn't write things down. So if, if, if we want to get this knowledge from here to here, it has to be experienced. I want to walk us through a story in the Bible and there's um, the you know the entire Bible is a is a, a huge message of the love of the father right but there's one specific passage that Jesus actually talked about um, and it was the story of the prodigal son and I want to give you a heads up of three um, symptoms that you, you can write down and I want you to be uh, be aware of this three symptoms that you have that you have not fully received the love of God. Three symptoms that you, have, you haven't fully received the love of God. And I want to walk us through Luke chapter 15. If you'll flip uh, with me there to Luke chapter 15. Um, and while y'all scramble through there, I will just turn with this bookmark that I made already. Um, Luke chapter 15, and we're going to start at verse 11, and we're going to read through the story of the prodigal son. Um, and I'm not going to have the verses up on the screen. I want you to really follow along. Please don't zone out. This isn't a time to zone out. Um, I know when someone's talking over a story so long, we, we just get so used to it. And we zone, like, this is not a time to zone out. I want you to, to enter in the story, if you will, with me as I read along here. Um, so it starts with, with, with Jesus is, is telling a story and he just finished talking about the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. But now here we go into the parable of the prodigal son and these are red letters. This is Jesus talking and he says in verse 11, and he said, there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. But many days later, the youngest son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. Verse 14 says, and, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and it began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17, it says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as your hired servant. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, 
His father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. But this for this, my son was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. I want to stop right here, right before we go into this next section. I want to give you the first symptom that you have not fully yet received the love of the father. This symptom is you lose your appreciation of where your father has you. Where can we see this? Where can we see where someone has lost their appreciation? Well, in, in this story that we just read, see, the, 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 the son sees this father... And he sees all the things that he's supposed to get. It was his inheritance. And in that time, the inheritance would go only after the, the, the father passed away from, 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 the, from, you know, from earth. And, 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 it then only, and only then was the inheritance going to be given to his, his heirs, which would be his sons. In this passage, in this parable, Jesus is showing that to, to, to this son, to this prodigal son, his, his father was already dead. He was dead to him. The pride and arrogance of this son caused him to act prematurely and said, uh, said Father, give me, give me everything that's owed to me. You have a long ways to go still, but give me, give me what, I, what, I'm, what I'm owed. Give me my, and this just shows the, the, the corrupt, the sinful, the prideful nature that, that so many of us have, have, have even been in, in this situation where, where we lose that patience. Why, why is this son asking for this inheritance so early? Because he hasn't fully received the love of the father. The father, you know, it, we continue on in the story, and he, the next thing he's doing is he's in a city he's never been in that, that we know of. He's in a place where he's feeding pigs, and in that time, pigs were the filthiest things. You, Jews weren't even supposed to touch pigs. It was the lowest of the low position, and this son, who had a father, who had uh, servants around him, who had a brother, decided to take everything that he believed he was, was his right to own now, and left, and went, into, and he was... Let me put it this way. When you haven't fully received the love of the Father, you end up places you were never supposed to be in. Never supposed to be in. This son was not supposed to be feeding pigs. He was not supposed to be wanting to eat where the pigs were. He wasn't supposed to be starving. He wasn't supposed to be in need because he, he had what he had with his father. He had what he needed, but he lost sight. He didn't know that may, maybe my dad is keeping me here because he knows what's out there. He knows that I'm not prepared for if famine were to strike. He knows I'm not prepared if I move to this city and I'm not supposed to. He knows what, what, what's supposed to happen if you end up in, into a relationship that you are never meant supposed to be in. He knows. And so we, sometimes we lose appreciation of where we are because we don't know exactly what the Father is holding us from for our, for his protection, for our protection because of his love for us. We go down to, into verse 18, and, and after the son has, has began to 
work with pigs and feed pigs. He's at the lowest of the low. This is his rock bottom. And on top of his rock bottom, it says in, in, verse, in, verse, uh, in verse 17, it says, but when he came to himself and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I, his son, stay here with hunger. And then he goes into this. This is so interesting. He says in verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him. And, and here he's rehearsing what he's going to tell his father. His own father, he's already rehearsing. And he says, and, and he says I'm, uh, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Whose words are these? He hasn't even heard his father's response or reaction. And he's already saying, uh, uh, already assuming what his father is going to tell him. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as your hired servant. He's even choosing his own punishment. And he, and he rose and came to his father. And, and, I, and, and we get into this place so many times where we, this is, this is symptom number two. And if you can put it up, symptom number two is you begin to name yourself. How many times have we named ourselves unworthy? How about this one? Oh, I'm just too dirty. God can't clean that. I, I shouldn't go to church. I'm, they don't know what I've done. They don't know what I did last night. They don't know what I did last week. They don't know what I've been through. They don't know what I'm a victim of. And we name ourselves as too dirty or, or unworthy. How about this one? Not good enough. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm not good enough for, for, for that opportunity. I'm not good enough for that job. How about, how about this? We start coming against our own personalities and, oh, I'm, I'm too introvert for that. I'm too introvert to go talk and minister to that person and, and show them the love of the Father. I, I'm, I, I. How about this one? I'm not, I'm not loved. No one loves me. If they knew what I did, they wouldn't love me anymore. If they knew my struggle, they wouldn't, their love would be gone from me. It would escape me. If they knew my testimony, the things I've walked through, they would look at me a whole lot different and their love would back off. If I didn't perform for my parents, their love would be gone from me. If I don't say things the right way in my household, that love is going to, and we get so caught up in this, I'm not loved. And who is saying that? Whose words are those? And we get ourselves caught in this place where the prodigal son was. And we don't, we don't know his name, but we do know that he gave himself a name. Unworthy, I'm unworthy to be called your son. He names himself just a simple servant. He said, treat me as your hired servant. Well, church, I'm here to tell you that Jesus gives new names. Our Father gives new names. And with that name, you're, you're the, 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 the history, the sin is separated from you as far as the east is from the west. 
Everything that separated you from God, from the love of the Father, was already uh, paid for at the cross. Do you know that everything that separated you from God, Jesus became? He that became sin, he who knew no sin became sin. Every sin, every act that you've committed that in God's eyes is, is unholy, unrighteous, it's not good, it's sinful. Jesus became that, died, was crucified, buried, and what came out of the grave was not that con- condemnation, was not that sin, was freedom, was holiness, was righteous living because of what? Because of what Jesus did already. Jesus gives new names. I want us to continue here, and this is the part we haven't gotten to yet. It says when, now his older brother, sorry, verse verse 25, says now his older brother was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked uh, what these things meant. And the father said, your brother has come. Or the servant said, your, your, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he, was, he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go. And his father came out and entreated him, but he answered to his father, look, these many years I have served you and never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, he's even disowning his own brother. He says, when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And and the father said to him, son, catch this. Son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he's found. Here we see the third symptom. Symptom number three is you have started to believe that the father is holding, withholding something good from you. Somewhere along your journey and your walk with the Lord, you have begun to believe that God is holding something good from you. You know where else we see this? Genesis. Genesis. They believed that God, they already had God walking with them, among them, God's physical presence with them in the garden, and they still believed he's holding something something back from us. Why? Because the serpent came in, and he starts saying, oh, you you guys don't know about this. Don't you know that if you eat? Mm Mm-hmm. Don't you know that if you eat from this apple, you'll become just like God, knowing good and evil? And they got into this orphan mentality. God is holding something back from me. You mean I'm, was I supposed to have that job? God, why are you not letting me have, God, why aren't you letting me be able to, to purchase a home? Why am I still stuck here? We've started to believe that God 
is withholding something. And this causes us to fend for ourselves. We start wanting, we, we, get, we get into this culture of grab, grab, grab because I don't know when God's gonna give me something so I gotta get it for myself. And we start, we start fending for ourselves and, and we start trying to make things happen for ourselves. We start to get things for ourselves and we become collectors of things that because only because of the fear that if I don't do it myself, God's not gonna do it for me. If I don't get this opportunity myself, God's not gonna give me an opportunity. If I, don't, if I don't go out and, and strive so hard to be able to purchase this new property or home or car, God's not gonna give it to me. I have to do it myself. And we get into this mentality, why? Because they, we have not fully received the love of the Father. The love of the Father is a, is, is a love that, that gives. He provides a love that cares for you. The word says that he, 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 he takes care of the lilies and the birds in the sky. They don't have to do that stuff. They don't have to fend for themselves. The Lord provides that for them day in and day out. Why? Because he loves his creation. But with, let me tell you, beloved, we are not just creation. If you, have received the, if you have received Jesus, you are not just a creation. You are his son. You are his daughter. And what father would not provide for his son and daughter? What wouldn't he do? What wouldn't he do? to show you he loves you. And I believe he already did that with the cross. I want us to, to, to switch, switch contrast now. And I wanna give you three characteristics of the love of the Father. When we go into the story of the prodigal son, and I, and I really want to stay centered here in the story, I don't want to branch off um, because there's so much to unpack here. There's so many details that we can miss. But the, uh, when, when, we go into, when we go into this story, the, son, the, the prodigal son is, 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 has rehearsed lines already. And... and He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, you know, and then, uh, and then you know, the father, uh, he, he, he started walking back to his father's house and uh, it says that, you know, the father, you know, the story, the father saw him at a distance and he waited for him there and the, until the father came all the way to his doorstep and the father gave him one of these and just waited for him to give him his rehearsed speech. And he said, uh, you know, he, he, he said, oh, I told you so. Yeah, I told you not to go. Yeah, what did I tell you? You, should, you had everything here. Oh, no, no, the Bible doesn't say that. Oh, you're right, you're right. It says, it says you know, when the, when the son was coming and, and, he, and he was running to his father with his rehearsed speech, oh man, I can only imagine the thoughts going on in his head on his way to his father's house. Oh, he's gonna kill me. And so he goes, into, he goes to his father and, 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 his, and his father sees him and as soon as, and as, soon as the son uh, starts giving him his rehearsed speech, the father just interrupts him and he's like, I can't believe you did this to me. You left me and your, and, and your brother and your servants. We needed so much help here. And oh man, you should, why did you have to leave us? And he's just met with, anger no the bible doesn't say that you're right it it says it says the father the the son came and and he and he and he walked over to his dad and he he was so he was just so already nervous carrying all this shame all this guilt that he had and he went to his father and his father didn't say anything right because he was just he was just so mad he's like i don't you don't even deserve to hear my voice and 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 
No, that didn't happen. What happened is, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. That's, that's the love of the father. Characteristic number one. The love of the father waits eager, or eagerly for you with compassion. While he was still a long way off, man, I, the way I picture the story is, you know how constantly, how persistently and dedicated you have to be to see your son a long way off? His father wasn't at home, lost hope that his son would return, no longer waiting for him. What this shows is that the father in this story, I, I picture it like this every, every day. When he, could be, when he could be doing things, and even while he's taking care of other things, I picture him looking out into that horizon, waiting for the day that his son would return. Waiting, man, waiting for the day that he would see his son's head slowly rise in the horizon. He was waiting eagerly, eagerly, with compassion. After all that his son did, after his son betrayed him, after his son sinned the night before, after the son broke all what could be known as trust between him and his father, after he went and was somewhere he was not supposed to be, after, after a life that he, that he, what we can see is he spent all his inheritance on prostitutes and sinful living, after all that, his father sees him with compassion and doesn't just stay there waiting for him with, with pride. He actually runs to his son. Runs to his son. Runs. That's a response of joy. That's a response of compassion. That's the love of the Father. It is not prideful. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. It doesn't hold no record of wrong. His father was just happy to have him home. Just happy to see him. And we go, we, we, we continue on. And he says, but when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son, here he goes. Start giving his, her speech, says, and, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, he interrupts his, his whole planned, orchestrated speech, and, and he says, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and his shoes on his feet and bring the fan cam and kill. And he's, he's already preparing so much for his son that, that was gone for so long and he doesn't even let him finish his rehearsed speech. He's just so happy to have his son back. And if you didn't know in those times, the best robe would belong to the father. Where's your team? You can go ahead and come up. The best, the best robe began to uh, belong to the father. So what this story shows us is that in the middle of, of being caught or being uh, in the middle of if this son's repentance, 
of that long journey that he took to, to see his father with all this shame came with all this guilt and we do this so many times we get so heavy on our hearts hard on ourselves because maybe you've been struggling with something that you don't want anyone to know about maybe there's a, something that you just keep falling into a pattern you keep falling into maybe you know maybe right now you're in a place where you know you're not supposed to be in You've been doing things you know you're not supposed to be doing, and, and, and we start, we start like, I, I, you're even nervous to go to church. You're even nervous to talk to God. I was in this place where, um, when, I, when I was in, in a place where I, it wasn't struggling with sin, it was living in sin, and I, I got to this point where I got so caught up in that, I, was, I started to believe that God was annoyed with my repentance, that God was annoyed by my prayer saying, God, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Why? Because I had not received the love of the Father. I didn't know who he was and how he would respond. And so this son, he's, he's given this her speech. Why? Because he hasn't learned his father's heart. If he knew his father's heart, he wouldn't have been rehearsing a speech. He would have known, if I just go home right now, my father will love me and he will care for me and he'll, and he'll, and he'll dress me in his robes and he'll prepare a feast for me. But we don't get to this place because we have not fully received the love of the father. We don't know his heart that well because right now we're in this place where I'm so scared to even pray to him. I feel like he's annoyed by my prayers. I feel like he's going he's gonna to reject me or he's going to, to, to pull away from me or he's going to give me the silent treatment. He's not going to talk to me anymore. He's not going to love me anymore. Why? Because we haven't fully received the love of the Father. We haven't learned his heart. This son in this, in this story, he, he didn't know his, his father's heart. And so he gives this rehearsed speech of what his punishment is, what he should be called, how he should be treated. Because he didn't know his father's heart. I'm sure that son was so shocked when the father clothed him in himself and gave him his best robe, gave him a ring for his hand. And those times that the ring symbolized authority. Not only did he clothe him in himself, he gave him his authority. Uh, characteristic number two the father's love clothes you it is a clothing love when we give ourselves when we're coming back to God with so much shame and guilt and we just like man I don't God's not going to listen to me this time you know we get to the point where like God I promise I won't do it again and we get to that point where we don't want to pray to God. Not because we're not sorry, not because we don't want to change, but we're simply just scared of what, what, what God's going to say or what his punishment's going to be. Can I tell you one thing? Your punishment is not the same as consequence. Punishment for sin is, is not... Can I tell you that all punishment for your sin was already born on Jesus' back? All punishment for your sin, you know, and there's so many times where, where, where preachers will come up and there was a natural disaster or something bad happened to you and your family and the first thing they talk about is, you should have been in sin. 
been in sin. You, oh man. And we get to this point where we think punishment is coming because we sinned. After I've already received Jesus. Can I tell you? Jesus bore our punishment. He became our punishment. And it was crucified onto the cross. So we can have confidence. So we can boldly enter the throne of grace. Because of what Jesus did. And we get so caught up in our acts. We try to earn the Father's love and his forgiveness by acts and acts and acts. Can I tell you this one thing? When it becomes about our acts, it becomes our shame. Because we didn't get, we, we didn't get to where we were supposed to. We didn't meet that goal. When it becomes about our acts, it becomes our shame. But because it was already on the actions of Jesus Christ, his actions became our victory. Our victory. Don't let it be become about, uh, about your actions to get right with God. God has made you right with him. He ended the hostility. Ended it. Finished. The blood of Jesus doesn't just, uh, doesn't just forgive sins. It takes away the sins of the world. It eradicates sin. We, the, you know when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back to deal with sin. Let me say that again. When Jesus comes back, he's not coming back to deal with sin. He's coming back as, as the bride, bridegroom. He's coming back for us. Jesus already took care of the sin. So in this story, the prodigal son, he's worried about the punishment. And some one of us can be worried about the punishment or, or what God's going to say to us. But God only wants you to come home. I believe he's calling some people here, just come home. Just, just people hear that they are home you are home you are you 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 are where you you know you've been doing things right and then things just keep coming against you and and or, or maybe you feel like you know that things just aren't going your way and you, you god you could be doing more where's this blessing where's this provision the lord provides and and, and Wherever you're at, I know that's where the Lord has you. Whatever you have, you're, you're going to have what you need to have when you need to have it. You're going to be where you need to be when you need to be there. You're going to know what you need to know when you, when you need to know it. Just trust God in the now. The Father's love clothes us in, 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 in righteousness and love and compassion, holiness and mercy and grace. What is the... What is the third thing third characteristic of love his love renames you the third characteristic of the love of the father it's a renaming love from unworthy to worthy from orphan to son and daughter from lost to found from blemished to pure from unforgiven to forgiven, from wretched to, to holy. These are the new names Jesus gives, that his blood gives. We see in the story, he says, for, the father says, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. I want to I draw attention to a small detail here. 
Jesus says he was lost. He doesn't say is now found. Wouldn't that right? Wouldn't that make more sense? He was lost just just in plain text. He was lost and is, is now he now he's found. We found him. He was over there with the pigs. Now we found him though. He doesn't say our brother was dead and is now alive. He says, your brother was was dead and is alive. Your brother was lost and is found. Do you understand that he's not saying a state of where you are? He's giving you an identity. You are found. You are you 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 are alive in him. It's not a state. It's this is his, even in Jesus' small words, he's still eradicating the possibility that you would think that this is all about your works and where you get yourself into. But this is the love of the Father. It renames you and, and shows you your identity. He was, he was dead. He was lost. But he's alive and he's found. This is the love of the Father. It renames you. It waits eagerly for you with with compassion. It clothes you. And we get so caught up in this this, this orphan mentality, you know. And I'm not here to shame anyone with this orphan mentality. I'm not here to shame anyone that, that, man, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to talk to God now. I'm not here to shame anyone's uh, lack of understanding of this. I'm here to encourage you that you have a safe place with the Lord to come back to. And you've been carrying this weight. Someone, and maybe it's not even, maybe it's not even a, a direct sin thing. Maybe it's just a, a heaviness of things that have been coming against you. Things that have happened in your life, maybe recently or not recently, and you've carried this weight and maybe you've lost trust that God is going to is, is not going to actually lift you up and encourage you in this time because oh man you've heard so much Christianese in your life and you think someone you, you're gonna you're gonna talk to God and he's gonna spit Bible verses at you he's a he's a loving God and I can guarantee you that he would just love to sit there in the mess with you sit there in the heaviness with you sit there in the in the in, in the in the in all this heaviness that you've experienced and I can guarantee you he would just love to sit there with you and hear your heart and hear and hear just God I'm sorry God I need you more and more God I know I messed up and maybe you can't promise that you won't do it again but God I'm just here and that's all God he's not holding a record of your wrong and he's definitely not holding a record of all the times you promised you wouldn't do something again and you didn't. His mercies are new every morning. Every morning. He just wants you home. As long as you're with your father, as long as you're right at his hip, you're not going to miss the next thing he has for you. Catch this. I want someone to catch this. As long as you're at your father's hip, you're not going to miss the next thing he has for you. As long as you're at the father's hip, at his side, you're not going to miss the next thing he has for you. I, I remember when I was a kid and, and, and I would do this thing where I would, I would and maybe, maybe some parents in here can relate, but I, I used to get on my dad's feet 
And I would just, and he would take some big steps and they were so big for me. And if I was doing them on my own, oh man, I would trip and I would just do it all the time, uh, even, at, even at church and, 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 or, and just at home. And I would just get on his feet and he would guide me like that and he would take his steps. And even though those steps may have been big and maybe those steps aren't where I would have been on my own, I was going where he was going and I wasn't missing a single thing because I was at his feet. He was driving and I was right there in that passenger seat, just wherever you want to go, God. Whatever you want to say, I'm here. Whatever you want to do, I'm here. Stay at his hip. Of sin struggle, even the middle of heaviness, heartbreak, stay at his hip. You're not going to miss the next thing he has for you. Don't worry about that. He has you. He's holding you. He says, son, I just want you here with me. Daughter, I just want you here with me. I don't, I don't care what you've done. I just want you here with me. I don't know who that is in here who's been, who's been struggling. Maybe it's been a, maybe it has been a sin struggle. Maybe it's just been a, a guilt thing. Maybe it didn't even have to do with sin. You're just guilty about something. Like, man, I should have done that. I should have spent more time with this person. I, 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 should have, I, should have, I should have talked to that person. I shouldn't have said that. Or what I did broke this in my life. And you start feeling like everything that's gone wrong, you feel guilty about it or, or, or something. Maybe someone here has been dealing with that guilt. Or maybe someone here has been dealing with heaviness. Maybe it's suicidal thoughts or depression or anxiety or just a simple worry about, about life. Man, where am I, what's going to happen after this season? What's going to happen next month? I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get to this place. I know I want to be in this place in life, but I, I don't know how that's going to happen for me. Uh, and, and, and maybe that's what you're carrying this morning. And it's just this overwearing heaviness and, and you just can't sleep at night. Or maybe someone here has just been simply looking for hope. You're tired. You're tired of life right now. You're tired of getting hit one and two and one and two. Or you're, you're tired because of a single event that happened. And maybe you're just, you've walked in here with, uh, Maybe tonight, maybe this morning was your last resort. And whatever we're coming in with, let me encourage you, God can handle it. God wants to hear about it. God wants to sit in that with you. And he wants to hold you and carry you through every single bit of it. Just come home. He's ready. He has the robe ready. He's ready to clothe you. He's ready to clothe you and, and, and celebrate with you. And my son is home. He's always been found. He just wasn't where he was supposed to be. He's always been alive, but he was operating as a dead man. He's always been worthy. He was just treating himself like he wasn't. She's always, she's always been clean because I, I cleaned her. My blood cleansed her. But she's just been acting like she, she, she can't touch anybody because I'm just too filthy. And we start acting in this, in this operation of 
where you used to be instead of identifying with what the Father has done for you already, what Jesus has done for you on the cross and what his blood already did for you. That's the joy of salvation is you just have communion with God. You have communion with him. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.